0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds.
1: The analysis ends when you say it does. This is
0: overtime open line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chat. Well, that does it for the Oilers' four-game winning streak. They are beaten in overtime 5-4 by the Winnipeg Jets. Josh Morrissey gets the winner. 41 seconds into the extra session, about 20 seconds after Connor McDavid hit the post on a wrist shot. Two points for McDavid tonight, now up to 301 in his career. The Oilers' record goes to 17, 12, and 3. They're 8, 2, and 2 under Ken Hitchcock. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's nine oh eight Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, the Oilers down 3 1 early in the second period. They rally and take a 4-3 lead into the third and then they were grossly outplayed in the third period the shots on goal 17-2 and I've seen online here some people posting on Twitter the shot attempts in the third period were 41-5 for the Jets <laughs> well it, it, that does sound really bad when
2: you say it that way uh, it, it, it Obviously, when you spend your entire period in your own zone, uh, your trouble is going to find you, and it did the Oilers. The Oilers were very fortunate to get one point out of this game. Uh, what the Winnipeg Jets are, and it was talked about plenty by you and Bob before the game, is they are a team that's deep, and they are a team that doesn't have one line that can beat you like Colorado, or or two lines like other teams. They got three lines that can beat you. Their fourth line doesn't play much, but their top three play a lot, and they are all very good. And the Oilers had. You know, their three, four, five, six defensemen tonight are all bottom pairing defensemen that have had to be moved up and elevated. And there's going to be mismatches. You can't hide four defensemen when you're playing a team that's three, three lines deep. And eventually they got wore down. And in the third period, uh, the pressure got them. And it wasn't they were getting beat up with two on ones, three on twos, things like that where they were making mistakes. The Winnipeg Jets' four check was so good that the Oilers just couldn't handle it. And their players, they didn't have guys that you could throw out, okay, things are going wrong right now, let's throw this next pairing because they'll get everything settled down out there. The Oilers don't have that luxury right now. When Larson and Nurse were off the ice, it, it was a free-for-all, unfortunately, in their own zone for, for periods of time. Uh, it, it was a great road trip. It was a great 40 minutes tonight for the Oilers. But eventually, uh, the Winnipeg Jets wore them down and th- much deserved of the two points they got. 5-4,
0: the Jets win this one. Both games between these teams and 5-4 in overtime, the Oilers had that comeback win back in game number four of the season. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is our phone number. You can text 63630 Cam. Tell- albeit back in goal tonight for Rob I, I I think I'd have to give him mixed reviews um you know he does make 35 saves which is a lot and I, I thought his best work was in the third period yes. where you're facing 17 shots but you look at some of the other instances in the game and you're probably saying all right you need a save on on something uh you know hellbuck I don't I don't think either goaltender is going to leave this game thinking that they they gave the his team, the, the the big save that they needed. Hellebuck will will get the win and I think unfortunately for Talbot the the game winning goal, I know it's an open look, but the type of shot we see beat him a little too much.
2: Well yeah, it, it, if it was Liney that was coming down and whistled one by him, or Bufflin, someone with a big heavy shot, now Morrissey, so he's no slouch, but he, he's not known for his goal scoring. Again, it wasn't a bad goal and in the game there were no bad goals scored, and over the course of this year, even when Talbot was struggling, it wasn't bad goals. It was beating him that were beating him. It was not getting the big All save. All good shots were. It was going yes, out. and you need a goalie has to stop. Th- they got to stop the ones they're supposed to, but they also have to stop some of the ones that they're not supposed to. And that's how you win hockey games. Uh, Talbot wasn't bad. But he wasn't good enough, and that's why the Oilers are down, lose lose the point in,
0: in overtime. 5-4, the Jets win this one. Before we get to the phone lines here, let's go back to Winnipeg. Here's Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock.
3: Highly entertaining, uh, back and forth, uh, lots of everything type game.
4: Yeah, it was a high-level playoff game. That's what it was. It was very high-level, and uh, I thought the first period we had a real good push, and then they came back. A little bit of momentum at the end. I thought we outplayed them in the second, and they, they hemmed us in pretty good in the third. We, we couldn't make any clean plays, and you know Winnipeg's a good team. Once their defensemen get pinching and the puck stays live, we couldn't get pucks by them and get them into foot races like we did in the second period. But you know they're, they're a big team and they're they're a good team. I mean they're a top team that's learned how to play that way. And this is, you know these three games have been great lessons for us. I mean we we have not as a group, being even close to being involved in stuff like this, and these are great lessons for us moving forward as long as we take them. I I thought, um, you know, we learned in this trip that every shift matters, everything matters, every little detail matters, and those are good lessons moving forward. Five or six points, uh, guys. It's just riding momentum or creating momentum. I don't momentum. look at the points. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of that for the players. We need the points. I look at the way we're played, and we had uh, we played great against Calgary. Um, we had flashes of, uh, of, of of great play against Colorado, but then they dialed it up and. We didn't have an answer, and we held on. Our goalie was great, and then the same thing today. So the, it's more about the lessons we're learning, and uh, you know, as long as we take the proper information and move it from here, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna really use this as a hopefully a stepping stone. Darnell, there's
3: uh, back-to-back games where played 30 plus minutes. I guess he's gonna be one of the guys you're leaning on in the absence of uh, what do you see
4: out of him? Well, you know, it's not so much like I said this before. We're lucky that we've got NHL players, but when you when you have to play outside your comfort zone or outside your limits minutes wise that's when things get troubling and that's what happened tonight we had people who played more minutes and in more situations than they've played with we had guys killing penalties that haven't killed penalties all year and those are adjustments that we're going to have to make moving forward and we got to We're going to be in this situation for a little while and we just got to find ways. Like Our hope is that Caleb can come in uh, in the next game or two and help us. We'll see what he's got and then uh, absorb some minutes. But we've got people right now that are going to have to learn to play outside their comfort zone. And that's going to be a challenge. And there's going to be times that everybody's going to be disappointed. Because, uh, you know, slotting players, especially on the back end, allows you to... uh, Allows you to to uh, maintain a certain competitive level, but when you get slotted too high up the ladder, you get tired, you make tired mistakes, and pucks come back at you, which is what happened in the third.
0: All right, there's Ken Hitchcock in Winnipeg tonight. The Oilers settle for a single point. They come from behind, get the lead, then can't hang on to the lead and lose 5-4 in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets. And he referenced it there. You know, you have guys playing in some cases more than you would like them to. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on the blue line, uh, I mean, Weidman and, uh, and Garrison, I mean, to me, there's seven, eight defensemen that you might spot in. And he referenced it. I mean, it wouldn't be surprised. We, and we got called about Caleb Jones last game, and we, we thought, I don't know if they're going to call him up. Turns out they did, and he might play tomorrow.
2: Well, by the sound of the way Hitch was talking there, he is going to play tomorrow. Um, it'd be one thing if you're missing one defenseman, whether it be Clef or whether it be Russell. Well, and actually, there's three when you I include Sekra out, out as well. You can hide somebody. You can get in a five-man five rotation with an, the, the six guy being spotted in for spot duty. But when you're missing two out of your top four, as Hitch said, guys are slotted way up higher than they're used to. Now, all of a sudden, for example, we'll go uh, Gravel and Benning. They're the third pairing guys usually, and they usually play against third and fourth lines. And, and you do a good job of get it, keeping them away from the other team's top players. But when they're playing 3 4 in the, in the lineup tonight. Now they're either going against Liney or they're going against Shifley. And, and now you're in trouble. And then you're, f- you're the two guys that came out of the press box are playing together. They haven't played forever. It's been, what, 13 games for Garrison? Uh, seven. S- oh, seven. Oh, sorry. It seemed like 13 games for <laughs> Garrison. And you got he and Weidman. And Weidman's played once in the last eight games as well. So you got two guys coming out of the press box. And now they're getting stuck out there at, at, at times going because the other team has the. The last change. So now you're getting a Shifley or Liney against two guys that have been in the press box for a while. It's hard to hide them, and it, and your players get exposed. And what we've seen with Garrison, there's teams that he's capable of getting, you know, eight to ten minutes against. But Winnipeg is not one of those teams because they 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 don't play their fourth line. So all three lines they roll out there are good. And he was exposed tonight. A great example was the penalty he took mm-hmm. on Liney. He just he could not keep up to Liney, and nothing against him. He's at the, nearing the end of his career, but. When you're trying to continue to push forward, Ken Hitchcock right now looking down his bench on the back end, he doesn't have a whole lot of options. And one of the reasons that Caleb's going in tomorrow is because the options are very thin on the back end right now.
0: Oilers lose 5-4 in overtime to the Jets, and when the Oilers got those three goals in the second period, and I mean, as much as we say, you know, I I think it's a little bit of a misnomer to call Hitch a defensive coach. Mm -hmm. He wants you to be responsible defensively, but he's also said, we want zone time. Yes, We want to grind. They got doing that in the second period, led to goals, led to penalties, which led to a goal as well.
2: You can't grind offensively though, if you You can't get the puck out of of your own end, And, and Hitch talked about it. When Winnipeg started putting the pressure, once they they fell behind. Well, see, here's the, the game. The, the The Winnipeg Jets got in the lead. And when they got in the lead, they became a little more passive of a hockey club. So they backed off, they didn't take any chances, which allowed the Oilers a little more time in their own zone to make the right play. They get across the red line, dump and chase, and now the Oilers get to do what they want to do, get to forecheck and be aggressive offensively. That's hitch Hitch Hitchhockey isn't offensive, hockey is aggressive. In the third period, when the Winnipeg Jets were behind, they started pinching every single time. And they started getting in harder on the forecheck. The Oilers defensemen outside of Larson and Nurse really struggled making that first pass, and if you don't get the puck out of your end on the first pass, all of a sudden you're in full panic mode, and that happened for not a shift or two in the third period, that happened more or less for the whole 20 minutes.
0: That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor, visit com. and I think, I mean, it was just forwards, not getting pucks out yep. inside the blue line, going to the wrong side of a defenseman.
2: Oh, it wasn't just I, on the it, d it, you're absolutely right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it starts with the first dominated. bad pass and yeah. then all of a sudden that the four goes to the wrong side. Then he doesn't get the puck out. And, well, for a great example, it wasn't the defenseman's fault on the fourth goal. Drake Cajula three times, gave the puck away in one shift, which gives a very good players, the Shifley line, three extra opportunities to create an opportunity to score,
0: and they did. Jets tied in the third, win it in overtime. Morrissey, 5-4 in OT is the final. We have Boris on the line. Hey, Boris, thanks for calling.
1: Hey, 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 how's it going? Doing well. Good. Yeah, no. Uh, I wanted to talk about like the biggest difference between the second period versus the third period. The second period, Hampton came out guns blazing, you know, just you know, getting the pucks on net, forechecking, backchecking, and playing Hampton Oilers hockey. And then the third period came on, and then they were they were, were flat-footed. Winnipeg just out-checked the Oilers and. And then I felt like we couldn't win not pace off that, I had all
0: yeah good point in our zone, yep,
1: you know, and I feel like it, if our face offs are are gonna slack in the third period, they' gonna keep on stocking and then they keep on going downhill, yeah, so like the biggest the biggest difference in that game was I think it was the blueche Braziak, and the the Kalassian line, and then that kind of kept like. The, I kept, like, you know, the gas on the pedal and giving that um there's that boost because the Cassin like, I think he had maybe, like, two or just three good chances on that against Hallibuck.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, he had that partial break in the in the third there. Thanks for calling, Boris, where Myers caught up, was behind him, but still made the play. Actually, I
2: think there was two or three opportunities tonight where, where I think Kara, early in the game, too, he had a partial sure, sure breakaway, breakaway. And, and was caught at the last second. The Winnipeg Jets, uh, I think... The, I, and I understand he says when he talks about the Oilers were really good in the second because they were forechecking. In the third period, they're flat-footed. To me, there's some games where you, you look at the Oilers and say, okay, they were good because they did this. They were not as good because they didn't do this. I think tonight's game, they were good in the second period because the Winnipeg Jets didn't do something. And in the third period, I think the Winnipeg Jets just overwhelmed them. I don't, I don't think the Oilers' back end uh, was strong enough in this hockey game for them to survive what Winnipeg threw at them in the third period.
0: Interesting point about how Winnipeg has a greater ability than Edmonton to dictate the game. I think it's fair given Mm -hmm. where these two teams uh, are at. And I thought the first 10 minutes of the game, Winnipeg could not complete a pass. No, you're right. I'm not saying Edmonton was overly sharp either, but I thought the start of this game was a relatively low event game because the Jets didn't look like... How they usually look.
2: Well, and I think part of it too is, players aren't dumb. They read newspapers. They listen. They knew what, exactly what kind of lineup. Well, they the watching other, all the games. Yeah, game, so. and, and they know exactly what kind of lineup the others were putting up there tonight. And and they're thinking, all right, this. And all teams start. They want every team wants it to be an easy game. They do. It's much easier to go through a game, win 5-2, not have to throw too many checks, not have to block shots. It was an easy game. You win. So they they thought they could, you know, glide into this game, probably be up one or two early and just push forward that way. But the Oilers, the one thing that we're seeing from the Oilers right now is their work ethic is better than it's been. Their battle and uh, competitive level is better than it's been. They don't die on plays. Yeah,
0: and the, game, and the game doesn't spin out of control. No, 3-1 didn't turn into 6-2 tonight. No,
2: well, when they were down 3-1, the Oilers played their best talkie. Right. And and their 3-1, down, being down 3-1, they weren't being dominated at that point. A couple unlucky breaks, uh, you know, taking a silly penalty, things like that. So the Oilers, uh, to me, getting a point in this game with the lineup they had against the team they were playing... You know, I, at the beginning of the game, I'm pretty sure if you went around Edmonton and said, okay, tell you what, we're going to we're gonna get a point in Winnipeg tonight. And, we're, I mean, we're missing Clef Baum, and Russell. What would you say? I think most people be pretty excited about that.
0: And if Connor McDavid had been an inch to the right on his shot in overtime, we'd be talking about a win and the Japanese Village Goal Light, which we turn on whenever the Oilers get five or more in a game. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Downtown, Northside, Edmonton South, and Sherwood Park. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Cable, and that would be on the orders page on 630 chedcom But it is the Jets winning tonight 5-4 in OT? 7804960063. Steve is standing by. Hey Steve. Hey guys, what's going on? Uh just uh, doing the show, watching the end of the football game. What are you up to? <laughs> just listening to you guys. Thanks. Um
1: yeah, no, you could pick apart that game and, you know, microprocess what guy did what, but I think Rob said it right, man. Like I'm watching the games. Because they're not quitting now, they have drive. It's fun to watch. Yeah, they lost. Yeah, they got outplayed. Uh, I saw this as a six-one game after the first period, after the second period. You know, like it's just it's fun to watch. And as a fan, what what more do you want now?
2: No, I think you know? you're right. They got to they... put
1: the product on the ice. They got to have the the desire to win for us to have the desire to give a shit. You know. So
0: okay, language, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, and, and I mean, too, I mean, look, uh, Talbot's going to take some criticism, but again, if, if Connor uh, puts that one in, we're talking about how Talbot held them in in the third period, right? So it is a pretty exactly. fine line sometimes. All right, thanks, buddy. Thanks. 780 496 is the text from Steve. You can also, or pardon me, is the call from Steve. You can also text six thirty six thirty. This texture says, hey, Rob, can you elaborate on Alex Chason's positioning around the net Is that why he has 13 goals?
2: Uh, A big part of it, and not only why he has it, but why other players on the team have scored. Oscar Oscar Clefbon, Bouchard, why they've scored. He understands when his job is to be a net front presence to get in the eyes of the goaltender in front of the the goalie so don't stand beside the goalie don't try and they're trying to tip the puck wherever the puck is be in a perfect line from where the goalie's eyes are to that puck that way you're taking away his eyes as for his positioning uh, a, a great example of great positioning was the goalie scored tonight the puck went from one side all the way across to the other that means the defense or the goaltender has to move from one post where he was looking at where dry Settle was all the way across the crease to look at Connor McDavid at that point when you're chase on you don't stand in front of the eyes of the goaltender you become a scoring threat and if you're going to be a scoring threat don't be don't put your stick where it's the puck hits it it's going into the pads you've got to be behind the pads and he did that he, it was a perfect example of proper technique in front of the net he turned his body, he put his stick down, put his h- bottom hand down hard on his stick, so it didn't matter how hard Connor shot the puck at his stick he was going to get uh, the strength to be able to push it forward, and when the puck hits the stick, his stick was already behind the goaltender, wide open net Chase on is the best by far net front presence that the Oilers have on their team.
0: Oilers lose 5-4 in overtime to the Jets as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly monthly and rent-to-own options head to Advantage it's TrailerRentals.com. Stars and Sharks scoreless after the first. Sabres beat the Coyotes 3-1. Blue Jackets knock off the Kings 4-1. Habs outscore the Hurricanes 6-4. Tampa Bay wins 4-1 against Toronto. Predators edge the Canucks 4-3 in overtime. Wild knock off the Panthers 5-1. Eight seconds left in Thursday night football. The Chargers are first and goal from the one trailing the Chiefs 28-21. We'll let you know what happened when we get back after the 9.30 news. Clint, Justin, and Larry. Up next on the phone lines, Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
2: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian
0: Brewhouse Overtime Open Line
2: on Oilers Radio.
0: 6.30, Line a to Bufflin, moves it over to Wheeler. What timer Shifley a save made by Cam Talbot. A tremendous stop. Cam Talbot, 35 saves tonight, but the Oilers lose 5-4 in overtime. Save the game for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLoopService.ca. The Chargers get a touchdown with four seconds left, go for two, and have now beaten the Chiefs 29-28 Thursday night football. Rob and I were watching the end of that one. It was a good one, and uh, identical records now for these two teams. Yeah, what a game. San Diego. One of them is going to be a wild card
2: team. San Diego was down 14 points with three minutes left. They get within one with four seconds to go a game, in the game to go for two points. And somebody missed an assignment because oh, on yeah. the two-point conversion, there was a guy, he did not have anyone. You could half
0: of his end zone to himself.
2: Yeah, you, could, you did the wide-angle camera, and you could not find anyone on either team. Uh, pretty exciting end of the game. And good on the coach going for two for the win instead of going to overtime with a tie.
0: Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. It's 9.33. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Clint on line three. Clint, thank you for calling. Clint, are you there, buddy? I don't think he's there. So, that means we will bring in La- bring in Larry. Hello, Larry. Go ahead. Hi, guys. How are you? Doing well. Say, uh, just a point on that uh, game
1: on Sunday night against Calgary. Okay. Uh, before the game started, old Kelly Rudy he was saying, you know, they had to bring up some muscle with Peluso, eh? So, uh, first, Benny takes care of him. He probably, what, about 40, 50 pounds later than uh, Peluso. And then Lucci takes care of him. Yep. And the next morning, he was probably on his
2: way back to the minors. Actually, I didn't even notice if he was or not. Yeah, I mean, quite possibly. He was mainly called up because they had a suspension to one of their players, Lombard. Uh, I think the kid's name is. but yeah. yeah no, Lombard. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, you're right. There yeah, was a huge. It was a huge hit by it Benning was. early in that game. Be- Benning's by far the best open ice hitter that the Edmonton Oilers have. Yeah, that I was think, a great hit. You know,
1: hit. he picks his spots. He doesn't go running around looking for guys.
2: No, he knows when to throw it because nowadays, yeah. if you throw the big hit and you miss, yeah. it's an odd man rush the other way, or yeah. you get suspended for clipping a guy. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that was he good. Yeah, really you, good. You others send a message. You're right.
0: Thanks, Larry. Yeah. See you guys. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Text to six thirty six thirty. Could Rob talk about how valuable Russell is to the top four and how he does that on his off wing?
2: Um, playing your offside, most most players don't have a problem. It, it's it, especially if you, you've done it I, I think if you're a coach right now or if you've got a kid right now have all kids play both positions wing-wise have all kids play both sides defensively so they learn how to take bucks uh, on their offside uh, Russell I, I know that he was much maligned at times but I think he's solidified himself as a top four guy here in Edmonton he doesn't make a lot of mistakes he, he's a good leader and to me his willingness to do whatever it takes to get the job done I've I've blocked shots most of the time by mistake, and they hurt. And he's throwing his body in front of guys shooting ninety five hundred miles an hour without hesitation. Uh, and and the team feeds off that. Uh, I I think he plays with himself within himself. He's a guy that was an offensive player in junior that's found a different role at the National Hockey League level. He's not a big man, but he plays angles well, uh, and he's smart. And the one thing that Hitch loves, Hitch lo- Hitch loves veterans. He loves guys that he can trust. And he certainly can trust Chris Russell. And I know that the Oilers losing the 27 minutes a night in cleft bomb are hurting because of that, but they're also hurting big time not having Chris Russell solidifying their second pairing.
0: Uh, I don't know which one, Rob. We got a couple of texts. Apparently one of us called them San Diego. Oh, did oh that would have been me. You're now the Los Angeles. Did
2: they just move like in the last week or two? Sure? It
0: might have been me. No, I, I, I get, know for a fact. I've, I still call them the Minnesota North Stars sometimes. So. Uh,
2: well, actually, until he <laughs> said that, I would have gone on with San Diego the entire night. So.
0: <laughs> All right, seven eight zero four one six zero zero six three. Clint, do we have you this time? Yeah, you got me. Okay, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I did. I just wondering. Um, you know, like I was wondering if if. Koskinen was in goal, if maybe he would have stopped that.
2: Yeah, overtime. you can't, know, you can't right? go with what-ifs. Ju- honestly, you can't. Uh, to de- I, they had to make a decision. They weren't going to play Koskinen in both games this, this weekend. They were going to play him in one and Talbot in one. Every team in the National Hockey League, you, you split your goalies in back-to-back. Uh, if you, There's two ways of reasoning. If you go Koskinen tonight and Talbot tomorrow, Koskinen gets the harder team. And Talbot plays against the Flyers. If Koskinen goes into Winnipeg against the harder team and loses, now all the pressure's on Talbot back home in a game that you should win. Or you go the other way. You throw Talbot in against the harder team because it's going to be harder to win that game. Then you put your better goalie on home ice where he's undefeated and has three shutouts and feel that that's a much better chance of winning one of these two games. I don't think Hitch could win or lose in either situation. You put a guy in, hope he does the job, and... Unfortunately, tonight, they they got one point. But having said that, they don't get one point tonight in this game if Talbot's not in there. They were vastly well, the third, outplayed in the third period. The third, he did yes. he
0: did a very good job for sure. Oilers lose 5-4 in overtime. Let's go back to Winnipeg, and here's Darnell Nurse. You take some solace out of that.
5: Oh, it's a good hockey team. Um, did a lot of good things out there. Um, I think we sharpened up a little bit, but uh, it's a good hockey team. Um... And uh, played a pretty strong game. I think we'll took it to them in the second. They take it to us in the third, and uh, you know ends up ends up an O.T.O. Obviously, we wish we were on the other side of it, but um, yeah, there's there's things that we can learn and things that we can build off. what was
4: the biggest change from the like final 10 minutes of that second period into the third period? Then
5: um, I don't even think it was the five. I think it was just the third period. I think we dominated the whole second period, uh, start to finish. But in the third, they came out uh, had a good push, and uh, they didn't seem to have uh, enough of an answer for it. Did you expect that push, especially after you scored that fourth goal late? That's a good team. Um, they're hard to play in their own building, and, and they, uh, yeah, they they find ways to, to score goals. So we got to do, uh, like I said, things we can learn, uh, things we could build off.
2: You got another goal tonight, but were you feeling the loss of Oscar Clefbaum on the back
0: end there?
5: Yeah, yeah obviously, any time. Uh, you lose a guy that eats minutes like that, that uh, you know, plays an important role. You obviously you obviously miss him. So uh, for us, you got to continue to, to play and, and try to get to the right results even with him out.
0: All right, Darnell Nurse gets the goal tonight. Plays a ton, thirty-one oh four. Nurse up to five goals on the season. His goal was reviewed, went in off his skate. All the NHL rulebook says is uh, goals will be counted unless there is a distinct kicking motion. And I think over the years, Rob, they they've loosened up. I mean, basically, if you if you turn your skate, they'll usually still mm-hmm. still count that, and that's what happened tonight. To
2: me, I think. The rule should be allowed that this—that is a goal, no matter what. I don't even think it should be a review. Um, I was a little worried. I mean, I— to me, I'm a guy that plays odds. They've got three in a row go their right. way. Eventually, it's going to go back the other way. Uh, but I mean, good on the referees making the call that they—they they did. And finally, the tide is turning when it comes to reviews. They're going in the Oilers' favor, and probably due, they probably do, as they—they had a long stretch of. Uh, decisions that went against
3: them.
0: Oilers lose 5 4 in overtime. The Edmonton goal scorers this evening Spooner, Nurse, Kara, and Chase on. We'll hear from Jujar Kara before we wrap it up tonight. 780 496 0063. We have Justin on the line. Justin, you're our finish the play contestant, but first, what's on your mind?
1: Uh, just a question. Uh, like, uh, as far as putting in Talbot over Koskinen. I mean, I know that guy that just was on the line there asked, but I just felt like. Uh, the tougher team. Why didn't we put Koskinen
2: in first? Because what? Because what if? What if they put the tough him against the tougher team and they lose simply because Winnipeg's better? Now you got Talbot at home in Winnipeg. It's a much more important game because you lost in Winnipeg and you have your goalie that you don't
0: think is good playing. I think too, Justin. And look. It, um... It's a good question. I think hindsight's obviously 2020 since they lost the game. Absolutely, absolutely. Hitch, no, it's a good. No, it's good. I just want to throw this in. Hitch made a comment too after the last game in Denver. He thought Koskinen looked a little tired in the third period, so maybe he thought give him an extra day off and. Again, like Rob said, Koskinen is six and zero at Rogers Place, so maybe yeah, you're thinking with three shutouts. With three, with three shutouts.
1: Yeah, yeah you, you can't really beat that, can
0: you? Yeah, but like I said, you know, kind of a, a mixed review for Talbot because I thought the third period, seventeen shots. You know, they that that one easily could have been a loss in regulation time. Um, the shot that went in off Gravel—that's a tough one. The other three, you're you're hoping for a save on one of them, and maybe you get a win. All right, uh, oh, finish the play. Finish the play. <laughs> While well, you're here, would you well, like you're to? I just put you on hold, Justin, so you can hear the clue. We want to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Carding, brought to you by Fast Track Indoor Karting: safe adrenaline pumping fun, Fast Track Karting, Edmonton.com Here we go. Dry sidle off the draw. There'll be a carryover if the Oilers don't score. Dry sidle out to McDavid. Wide open in front. Tipped home by Jason. Justin, that was Alex Chason's 13th goal of the season. Yep. He ties a career high. He had 13 goals in 79 games in 13-14. For what team? The Dallas Stars or the Toronto Maple Leafs? Dallas Stars. Absolutely, buddy. Hang on the line, okay? That is Justin. Good for him. Well, and... We've had a lot. Of, I mean, we had a question earlier about Chase Hunt, and I, I, I honestly, I said you were earlier in that period. He looks like he was going to get one because he was finding the spots and getting a one time. He obviously didn't score on a forehand one time. Or he scored on a deflection, but he was finding spots on the ice tonight.
2: Usually, when you you get opportunities and numerous opportunities, something eventually finds the back of the net for you, and uh, he's creating and, and he's found his um, his role on that line. It, it he keeps plays alive. He, he takes a beating in front of the net, which opens up space. Every time he drives through the middle on, a, on, a, on an odd man break, drives through the middle, that pushes defenseman back. That allows McDavid and Drysaddle to, to crisscross. That allows them to make those passes from one to the other. He may not get points on those plays, but he creates them as well. And he, he's a perfect fit for him. And he's got nice, soft hands for a big man from in front of the net. He's not going to score very often from outside the top of the circle but he's willing to take a beating to put the puck in the net around the around the crease. So he is a, a perfect complement to the two skilled players at McDavid and Drysettle
0: All right, it is 944. You're still going to hear from Jujar Kara who gets the goal tonight. More time for your phone calls at 780-496-0063. Just a single point for the Oilers tonight. They lose 5-4 to the Jets, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brew Brewhouse, overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian
2: Brewhouse Overtime
0: Open Line
2: on Oilers
0: Radio, 6.30, 10. Well, back and forth they went in this one. The Oilers got a 1-0 lead. Then the Jets were up 3-1 early in the second period. The Oilers got three straight, led 4-3 going to the third. Edmonton vastly outplayed in the final period. Shifley tied it with 9.58 to go. In overtime, McDavid hits the post 20 seconds in and then 41 seconds into overtime. Morrissey ends at 5-4. Winnipeg gets this one. So Edmonton 17-12-3 on the season, which right now has them in the first wildcard slot you know, Rob, it's, we didn't expect... Uh, now, again, I know you always say don't look at the standings too much, but right now it's, <laughs> it's, it's five Pacific Division teams in playoff spots. Calgary 42 points, Anaheim 39, San Jose, Edmonton, and Vegas all 37. When you muddle around the, play, the tiebreakers, that's why I read them in that order. San Jose is, of course, playing tonight. And if uh, San Jose were to lose to Dallas, Edmonton would actually vault up into third in the Pacific. I like um, keeping an eye on
2: it. I know you do. I mean, I, I don't follow the standings, but I do follow the scores nightly. And it seems like whenever the Oilers win, all the other teams in the Pacific division are winning as well. Like they, Their division and is playing well. And often in
0: dramatic fashion.
2: Yes, you're right. Um, I, I think at the end of the season, and this is just a prediction, that four teams from the Pacific will make the playoffs and four from, what's the other division's name? Central. Central. They'll make it too. I, I, I still have my doubts about Anaheim. I think they,
0: they get out We're man. They're minus 10 goal yeah. differential, but they're six games over 500. In, no, it, Edmonton has a minus True,
2: as well. But, I mean, it, a lot of Anaheim is on the back of Gibson. They, he, he is lights out. And right now their backup goaltender Miller is out, and they had to go pick up somebody on waivers. I think Vegas is a playoff team, and I think Anaheim's the team that pr- might find itself on the way out by the time this season is over. Um, I just think that they get outplayed too often. And, and it's funny because one of the things Hitch said afterwards when they asked, you know, we've got to be pretty excited about five out of six points or something along that line or seven out of eight in these last four games, he goes, I, I don't look at points. I look at how we play. And I think over the course of a season, that's how you have to approach it because there's games that you're going to play poorly and get points. There's going to be games that you play good and don't. But over the course of even, a season, it evens out. If you play well enough in enough games, you'll be a playoff team. If you... uh, Puck luck eventually runs out, and I think that's what's happening with Anaheim right now, personally, that they get outplayed, and at the end of the night, bounces and goaltending have kept them in it. You can't live off of that and be a playoff team. Vegas, on the other hand, they're a team that outplays teams most nights, and have found some lack of success early. Now they're starting to play well and getting the wins, and that's why they're on the rise, and I think Anaheim might be in trouble.
0: All right, Oilers lose 5-4 in overtime. Jujar arcara has been on a nice little run lately, gets his second goal of the season tonight. Here he is.
2: Just keep earning points, game in, game out. Uh, what's different about your play? What's changed?
0: Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, just
3: sticking to it, and, uh, you know I, know, I knew what I could do, and, um, you know, just... Everybody's been super encouraging on the bench, coaching staff and you know just just building that confidence slowly so uh, just trying to create things and uh, you know points come in they come in spurts, and uh, sometimes you don't get them for a while, but uh, at the same time, I mean I just focus on playing the right way and then if they come they come.
0: what was the biggest change from that final ten minutes of the second period into the into the third
4: period
3: yeah they're they're a good team over there they're You know they're an experienced team. They know to win, and um, you know we're 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 still learning here. And uh, you know I thought they played they played a great game over there, and uh, they took it to us in the third. And uh, you know now we just uh, regroup tomorrow, learn off this, and uh, you know we got to bring a better effort in the third. What do you look
0: at as a positive over this game?
3: A positive. I thought you know we all we all played for each other. We uh, Cam played very well. Our D played well. Our forwards, you know, we played well. We um I just I I I think we're going in the right direction and I think you know slowly and slowly we're we're heading in on the right track. And if we you know, if we believe in each other and ourselves, I think it's gonna be
0: good. All right, Juju Arcara scored to tie at three three in the second period. Puliyarvi and Nugent Hopkins had the assist on that play. The Jets win five four in overtime. Text to six thirty-six thirty. This texter says, I like seeing Lucic and Cassian together. I feel like Cassian is a good player, and now we're going to see what he can really do. And what about Puli Yarvi? At times you see what he can do, what needs to happen to get this guy going and quit making mistakes.
2: Well, uh, he's got to quit making mistakes, I guess. I For for players to play in the National Hockey League, and I don't care if it's Todd or if it's Hitch or if it's Dallas Akins or Tom Rennie or Ralph Krueger, they have to have the trust in the player that they're putting out there. And it's not trust that they can score a goal. It's always trust that they're gonna be good defensively, make the right reads in their own zone, in the neutral zone, get pucks out, take pucks off the boards, not let the play die with you. All of the th- those things are more important than goals and assists because goals and assists are hard to come by and very few in the National Hockey League do it on a consistent basis and those guys make 10, 12 million a year. So all the other players, you've gotta be consistent and have the trust of the coaching staff. Certain players, your view is one of those. Hitch wants to play him. Hitch needs a second line that can score. But if he's not gonna be in the right spot defensively, he's not gonna be in the right spot on the back check, then he's not going to get the ice time, and they're going to give him chances. They still see that there's a player inside of pooley You don't have a man that big and that skilled and not feel that he can be a producer at the National Hockey League level, but he's got to do the little things. He's got to do the exact... Everything that Todd McClellan wanted out of Yessie pooley Ken Hitchcock wants out of him too, and he's he, he might have actually got more ice time under Todd than he is under Hitch. He only got 10 minutes again tonight. But he will slowly earn the trust of the coaching staff by doing the things when he doesn't have the puck. And I think that's what he's got to learn, and all young players have to learn it, not just Yessie.
0: Hey, just want to remind everybody that uh, this is delivery weekend for 6.30 Ched Santa's Anonymous, Saturday and Sunday. The depot is located at 12122 68th Street. That's the Jerry Forbes Center for Community Service. You don't have to register. You just have to show up with your driver's license and insurance. Dispatching starts at 9.30 both days. It goes until 3 Saturday and until the last package is delivered on Sunday. Uh, we always appreciate everybody who helps out however you can for 630 Ched Santa's anonymous. Uh, Rob, we're in the final two minutes of the show. Quick text here. Uh, hey, Rob, what will the back end look like when Sekera returns?
2: Well, hopefully <laughs> they're all healthy at that point. It's probably into January. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the, the whole back end will be ready until late January or February. Because, I mean, we still have to see how long Clef bomb's out for. And if it is a break, then it's six weeks if it's a break, so that takes you to the end of January, it's going to look a lot better. But it's, I never ever look forward to anything like that. Like, f- guess what it's going to look you're like? You're Rarely fully complemented. B- yeah, because the defense is is always injury prone. No matter where you are, it, they get they get injured more simply because they block shots more. Having said that, if Secra comes back and he is 80% of as effective as he was before he was injured two injuries ago, the Edmonton Oilers' defense will be much, much better. If you can have a Secra in your third pairing, you've got a pretty good defense.
0: All right, so the Oilers fall 5-4 in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets. You can always get more on 630Ched.com. Next broadcast, tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show game at 7. The Oilers will host the Philadelphia Flyers. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brew House overtime, open line. Morrissey in OT. Jets take it 5-4. Talk to you tomorrow. 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.